Good evening. Tonight, we've got some new shirts, some new faces, and a look back on the best night in club history. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Hello, everyone. No Ray tonight as he has decided that the 14th year of marriage to his wife is apparently more important than time on his favorite soccer pack. Uh, soccer podcast, but it is it is I, Dylan. I am here to bring along some familiar faces and some new faces tonight. Uh, so we'll get right to it. Down in San Diego, everyone's favorite co-host, USL extraordinaire, Alan. How's it going? Wow, what an intro! What an intro! How are you? Uh, you know, I'm living it up, but I figured, why not? Uh, why not sell you? Well, I mean. That's the best sell job I've had ever. So I would rank that as first place. Hashtag some more out. Uh, yeah, it, it. I mean, it's right around the corner. If it hasn't hit you yet, it's going to happen very soon. There is soccer afoot. And I cannot wait for it to happen. Some pretty good matchups this weekend. Yeah, it, I'm not sure if I'm physically or emotionally or mentally ready. It feels like a couple weeks ago um we still hadn't announced any players and and suddenly in just a few days we'll be starting off the 2022 season all right um on to the next friendly and familiar face brad who's beneath us but he's technically northwest of us up in reno how's it going brad oh man today has been one of those days that it's like you wake up and you just don't stop moving today's been one of those days so Ooh, I'm going to be extra rambly today. Look forward to it. Everyone's everyone's favorite. You can boo the podcast because I think we generally run a little bit short when Ray is not here to ask five-minute questions. Um, and I've said it enough, a new face, the only one who believed in Orange County Soccer Club <laughs> in the USL final, <laughs> Joe Malfa. Joe, welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Thank you guys for having me. It's a... Uh... It's a nice way to, to begin this year, kind of the way last last year ended, uh, giving you guys some love. You guys do a great thing all year long, and it, it's great to see any team, not just you guys, I mean, have this type of dedication, this type of podcast, helps grow the game for the fans, helps grow the game in this league, in this country. So happy to uh, to begin this year or last year kind of ended, talking talking up Orange County. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll jump right into it, I guess. You were the, the only one on the little experts of – of the USL and, and commentators to to pick Orange County um, from the top. What was it about Orange County that made you think, yeah, they can they can go to Tampa and they can win? For me, it, it came down to the fact that last year there were a couple of teams in my mind that they just they punched below their weight all year long, and it wasn't their own fault. It was just the injuries. If and I maintain this, if Orange County had the healthy roster that they had last year that made the run of the final for the whole year and didn't have all of those injuries along the way that just derailed them time after time. And think about how in that in that streak of 
of their struggles with ties and losses, how many um, games were lost or drawn because they gave up a late goal. So it, it was so fluky. If, if they had that healthy roster the whole year long, it's a team that, okay, they ended up coming in second anyway and getting the home playoff game. It's a team that would have competed with Phoenix in terms of points in that division last year. So they were severely underrated going into to the final stretch. And I wore my Maryland uh, polo here for a reason because they were uh, – I went to Maryland. We won the national title 2018. That was my uh, junior year. And it, it reminded me of that team where early in the year, injuries, struggles, it wasn't really indicative of how good the team was. Down the stretch, everybody was healthy. They changed the playing style, Maryland, in the same way that when Chapel came in, they changed things a little bit, and it completely changed the outlook of the team. I mean, you couldn't really argue with a team that wasn't giving up any goals and was winning every game for seven straight games going into the into the playoffs. And the big seller for me um, was in that final week of preparation as we were getting ready for that playoff preview show. Um, Devin had the idea. I can't take credit for it. He had the idea to look up um, – how each team in the playoffs fared record-wise against other teams in the playoffs. So which teams maybe feasted on their points by by beating up on the bad teams. And the team with the best record and most points earned against other playoff teams, in spite of all the injuries, in spite of all the flukiness of the season, was Orange County. So it was the hottest team, and it was a team who fared the best against the other top competition. So um, for me, it, it was hard not to go with Orange County. And – uh, I got to do a bunch of Oakland games throughout the year last year. I mean, you guys are fans of the league. It's not hard to figure out that certain guys call games for certain teams most, like Mike Watts does a lot of Louisville. Um, Josh Easter, a lot of Phoenix. I get a lot of Oakland. So in doing that, I got to see Orange County four times just doing Oakland games. And I did a couple of San Diego Orange County games. So it was one of the teams that I had seen the most all year and seen kind of the progression throughout the year. So all kind of added up and it just got lucky in the end. I mean, they made me look good and that's all I could say. <laughs> well, you, uh, you certainly make us look good with some actual analysis as opposed to some chaos, but um, maybe, maybe Alan has a pointed question for you. Yeah. So uh, what does bragging rights look like when you pull off a pick like that? Like, how long does that last? You get, like, a card with, like, a punch? Like, I get, like, five I told you so's, and then... <laughs> so there were plenty of texts to Devin, to Gary, um, uh, of that effect right after the fact. Uh, one of our producers and, and, and our boss, he sent me a text from Tampa Bay as it was happening. It was like, I can't believe, like, this actually happened. You, you can hold this over us for a while. Um but I'll tell you what, it, it's kind of been dormant for a few months. So the way it, it works, um, you know, we, we call a lot of the games out of a studio in Florida. And I'm down here for those nine months of the season with Gary, with Devin, seeing him every day, every week. But I went home for the off offseason uh, back in Jersey. So I haven't seen them in like three months. So this week is going to actually be the first time that I see Gary and Devin in person since we did the playoff preview show. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, since, uh, since we called the semifinals. Um, I had seen them in the building that weekend. Uh, so this could actually be the first time that I've seen them in like three and a half months this week. So I'll probably let it linger for about two, three weeks, and then it'll be time to move on. It's going to be a lot of just like offhanded, um, you know, maybe maybe banter back and forth about some random thing. Hey, where do you want to go eat dinner later? Oh, I don't know. I think my pick is probably going to be the best of the picks, so we should go with whatever I pick. So that, that kind of thing might last right. two, three weeks, and then it'll get old. Yeah, you could go, and then I think like at the restaurant, you'd be like, "Hey, what are you gonna get?" You're like, "Oh, are you sure that's the right choice?" 
Yeah, and Gary, this, Gary like, does. Gary does owe me a few beers as well because um, at about maybe oh, actually, I don't remember the date, um, but there was a game. Miami played Loudon. It was like a seven-one final score. Gary and I were doing the game. There was a three-hour rain delay, um, so during that time, to pass the time, Gary and I like started charting the the standings and the potential playoff bracket. So from that point on, we gave our prediction for the exactly how the top four would would the order of the top four in each division and whoever got the most right uh when the playoff began uh would be owed beers by the other so so i also have beers to cash in from gary bailey come next week so nice so a a good first week for you so like prepping prepping for this year and, and based on like past experience how hard is it to prep for a usl season at the beginning when there's tons of names that people have never heard of or coming from leagues that are maybe not comparable. Like what does the preparation work like for a, a USL type season where there is a lot of turnover? A lot goes into it. I mean, I'd be lying to you if I told you that I have some sort of mass um, database where I'm like keeping track of the transfer tracker in January and updating it as it goes. Um, that would be ridiculous. And to a point it might not even be, fruitful because there's I don't know exactly how the, this broadcast schedule is going to go so I, I may do all that prep and, and try to have say New Mexico United's roster already in input I may never have New Mexico all season long and I just wasted a lot of time so it's mainly just making sure you have your finger on the pulse of it all like I follow all the news breakers I follow all the teams on Twitter I follow the league on Twitter um, and I make sure I made it a habit this offseason to kind of once every couple of days, check all those channels. Um, I made a Twitter list, kind of check that out, see what broke. So I kind of have like a mental picture of who is where, and especially I know all the big moves of who went where. Um, but as far as the nitty gritty of like this Academy guy who used to be with the now defunct Tacoma Defiance, who is now with uh, Orange County, like that's going to take me probably until like week two, week three of the season to fully click on that. Um, and as the season goes along, it becomes easier and easier. I mean, last year it got to a point where I probably had – I had the back-to-back Oakland-Orange um, County games. They play each other maybe twice in three weeks towards the end of the year. I probably spent a collective 10 minutes prepping for that game just because at that point in time, you, you know everybody, you know the storylines, you, you know the league. Like it's – you just you, – you update the stats and that's it and then you go. Um, but it's a lot more involved early in the season. I've got this weekend, uh, Oakland and, and RGV, and there is, uh, there's a lot to, to kind of hash through there because I know RGV is, is one of the late teams in terms of actually putting out a roster, um, and I, I don't mean to throw them under the bus and have them catch a stray bullet here, but if you go to the RGV website, the roster is currently blank. So um, that's kind of the struggles of an early season, and like that's to no fault of RGV of their own. Like, that's just how it operates in this league. You don't finalize your roster. Shoot, Memphis didn't finalize their roster until like week three of the season last year because they had a late start uh, with that like staggered start to the year. They, they finally had a full roster in April and teams had already been playing for three weeks. So that's just the nature of the beast here. So I uh, just got to kind of make sure you're following along when you can and then um, kind of nose to the grindstone the, the week you've got a game. And then Again, halfway through the year, not even halfway, quarterway through the year. I mean, you know it, it's second nature. All right, so I got one question for you, Joe. Uh, everyone's favorite thing to uh, make fun of you people in Atlanta or in Atlanta and uh, Tampa Bay is uh, the East versus West bias. And uh, 
how people in the uh, headquarters seem to favor the East. Uh, I want to see uh, your honest take for this season, since this is going to be the first season we're really going to see a lot, a lot of uh, East versus West uh, uh, action this season. I think each team plays eight or nine cross-conference games this season. Uh, what's your opinion? Uh, who's going to come out ahead this year uh, in the head-to-head matchup, East or West? Looking up and down on both sides, um, and again, this is this is tough to call at this point because last year, going into the season, a lot of people were high on New Mexico as a possible title pick, and they didn't make the playoffs. A lot of people were low on Memphis and thought Memphis would probably come in last, possibly in the conference, and they ended up making the playoffs and having a terrific run. Um, so at this stage of the season, so much is up in the air. Um, I feel like it's hard not to give the edge to the West, though, just because if you start looking up and down without knowing exactly who plays who and when um, <laughs> you start looking up and down at like who's in which conference, anytime you have New York Red Bulls too and Loudoun United uh, in the Eastern conference who again, to no fault of their own, it, it's, it's an Academy team that they're running out there. There's a lot of young guys. Uh, it's just, it's not going to come off well in the standings. It's just not um, there's, there's no way to sugarcoat that. And in the West, you don't have that because all the MLS two sides, that have been uh, moved on now to, to MLS Next Pro, you don't have that in the West. The only team that is kind of one foot in, one foot out like that is LA Galaxy 2, but they're really competitive and really strong, and last year very well could have been in the playoffs on the last day if not for you guys um, and, and the way Orange County handled that final game and allowed Oakland to get in. Um, so just based on that alone, the, the bottom of the East is significantly weaker than the bottom of the West. and then. The top of the West, uh, in my opinion, is just as good, if not better, than the top of the East. Um, Eastern Conference, you've got the elite of the elite with Tampa Bay and probably Louisville. And I think you could throw Pittsburgh into that upper tier this year. I like a lot of the moves they made in the offseason. In the West, in that upper tier, you've got Orange County. Sure, Phoenix lost Salman Asante, but then again, he didn't put any stat on the board for the last month and a half of the season. So what did they lose? Um, you've got Phoenix there, you've got Colorado with Misha Galena back. So top of the East, top of the West, they're comparable bottom of the West, significantly better than the bottom of the East. And then that chunk in the middle, I think is just generally stronger, um, in in the West going into this year. But when it comes down to it, um, you could put a Miami, a Tampa Bay, a Pittsburgh, a Louisville against anybody in the West and at the top of that conference. And it could go either way any day. I didn't even mention El Paso in that. As I'm like looking at the standings now in front of me and San Antonio, who spoiler alert, this might come up in a little bit and I could go a little deeper on it. San Antonio is my preseason title pick this year. Um, but you, you start getting into the elite of the elite on both sides. And I just pound for pound. I go with the West. Brad, anything else from you? I'm, I'm good. Nothing from Brad and amazingly nothing from any of our listeners who seem to be quite smitten with you, but have no questions. I, I just want to uh, reiterate, uh, this is why we love Joe, because he sides with the West. <laughs> there we go. You, you've, you have a new home here, just like uh, John Morrissey of, of USL Tactics. Anytime you're feeling like it. And Joe, well, we know it's late for you, and we will let you yes. go. This final question um, is one we ask all of our guests, and it is, what is your favorite vegetable, and how do you prepare it? This is a great question to ask me, and it's going to give such a controversial answer. And I, I legitimately don't eat vegetables. Like I, I, 
as a 24 year old guy, I hate to say that it makes me seem like an idiot. Um, and maybe that's probably the reason why I'm only five foot six and stopped growing at an early age. But like, I just straight up don't eat vegetables. Um, the closest I get to a vegetable is like beans and potatoes, but like don't eat salad. Don't like much. It's my fiance. We just, I, and shout out to me for saying fiance instead of girlfriend. Cause it's taken some getting used to, we've been engaged for a month and a half. Um, she just gives me crap about it all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I straight up do not eat vegetables. <laughs> I'm struggling to process this information. <laughs> wow. That's the first answer that we've had that is just there you have it. straight up refusing. I bet you, there you have it. Look, my friends, my friends that have known that sports broadcasting was the way I was going to go like through high school and college. Um, we joke about it all the time. So Michael K is a big broadcaster in New York. Al Michaels is Al Michaels. They're two apparently notoriously picky eaters where neither of them have ever also eaten a vegetable. So in that regard, like for my profession, I'm in good company. I hope that's probably like, that's my positive spin on it a little for a little spin zone. But like, I, I just straight up don't eat vegetables. Like my, again, my girlfriend's like, how do you get your necessary vitamins? Right here, baby. A little, little centrum one a day. That's it. <laughs> All right. Somehow our listeners love you even more because you refuse to eat vegetables. And that's it. That's if- it. And I'm curious though. What's your guys answer to that? Brad, you go first here. I'm, I'm not ready for this. Yeah. Um, really? You of all people. I love uh, my, my go-to vegetable is uh, uh, broccoli, and I just like to prepare it with some uh, lemon pepper and just oven roast it. Because uh, maybe I could take an idea from you guys here and start trying to eat vegetables. So that's why I'm asking, Mike. Uh, I appreciate uh, uh, brown sugar bacon, Okay. like a candied bacon. Bacon's not chop a vegetable. It up. No, no, no. This is where you start, right? Add some shallots and then like just uh, some nice Brussels sprouts and you get them nice and crispy. Throw in the, the slight candied bacon with like the, with some, mm, I think balsamic vinaigrette, I think maybe. Okay. That's how I roll. Gotta have some garlic in there too. So basically I'm trying to mask the vegetable with bacon is the Fair enough. approach. Bacon um, makes everything better. Alan, personally, Joe, it's gotta be a toss up between spinach and cauliflower. Um, spinach, you could just do raw or throw it in some eggs, cauliflower, throw it in the oven, some olive oil and pepper for 20 minutes, and you're good to go. And our, our listeners getting mad at me for not even having an answer. I'm the one that asks the question. I, this question, I'm not the one that receives the question. So. I appreciate that question. And when my fiance wakes up and I tell her that I had to go on a public podcast and out myself for not eating vegetables, she's going to laugh at me nonstop. But hey, that's that's the way it is, you know. I just, you know, my my parents tried to get me to eat them when I was younger, and I guess it just never clicked. So, well, hey, like you said, maybe it's why you're in the booth calling these games, and we're just doing a podcast. Hey, clearly, it doesn't have any effect on my ability to pick the winner of the USL championship. So, <laughs> for, for grateful, Joe. We will let you get going. Um, would you like to plug where we can find you on social media? Yeah, just on Twitter at MalphaJ98. Um, looking forward to this year. It's it's going to be hitting the ground running. A lot of action immediately. Um, some of the cross-conference stuff is going to be a lot of fun. Nice to welcome Detroit City into it. Nice to welcome Monterey Bay uh, into it. And looking forward to it, guys. I mean, last year, this is my second full year doing this. Uh, I graduated Maryland in 2019, that December. I started uh, with, with USL in February of 2020. I called one game. It was a scoreless draw, Philadelphia and Loudoun. And then I was on the shelf for four months with the lockdown. So I came back, did three months. Um, 
so that first season, quote unquote, was three months. Uh, last year was was whatever last year was, kind of staggered start. Still, COVID was a big issue. So hopefully this year, um, COVID kind of takes a back seat and we can get through the year unscathed. And it could be my first quote unquote normal season. And I'm looking forward to some more excitement. First year doing actual like conference format. So uh, I'm very excited for the season for a number of reasons. And um, uh, anytime you guys want me back as the year goes along. Uh, I'm happy to, to to hop on, especially with like last year. I will be very plugged in in the West, doing a lot of the Oakland games again. Um, so I will I will surely be actually. Uh, let me let me while I'm stalling for a second, let me try to look up when my first Orange County game is actually, so I can uh, uh, let you guys know. And, uh, and like I said, very happy to, uh, to to pop on again. You guys do a great thing here. It was a big help down the stretch of last season when I had a bunch of Orange County games in the home stretch, and then prepping for that playoff preview show, like going back through. Uh, through some old episodes, um, it was it was definitely a big help. So, uh, so thanks for that, and looking forward to uh, to this season. Orange County, my first game is April the 9th with Devin against San Antonio. So, very much looking forward to that. Circle it on the calendar. We're looking forward to hearing you calling it, everyone. <laughs> Joe Malfa, Joe, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys. Take care. All right, that's that's our new face for the night. I know we've got a familiar face coming in a little bit later, but where where do we begin? There's there's so much to talk about. You know, we, we spent a little bit of time talking about last October and November, and in four days we're playing in Colorado Springs. Brad, where do we begin? Let's start with the game itself. This is man, it's weird. I'm like halfway through like Joe finishing up, I'm like wow, we have a game this Saturday, and I'm not prepared to talk about it at all, so I'm just kind of stalling for time a little bit, uh, just like Dylan and his vegetables. Um, But no, Uh, Colorado Springs Switchbacks are uh, a team that only got better over the last offseason, and uh, I believe it was today they just reannounced that they uh, brought in a player that is very familiar to us being – Ben Mines, he's on loan this year to Colorado Springs. Uh, other players to look out for on this team, and they they really they really are uh, something to be uh, afraid of this year. Um, where is their players? This really is quite the stalling podcast. Tonight. Really is quite the stalling podcast tonight. Uh, Alan, you want to pop in here? Save Brad. <laughs> Yeah, Colorado Springs, I think, is an early season favorite to uh, be very competitive for the Western Championship. Um, they, since Brandon Burke's been there, Brandon Burke, that's who's there? Yeah, I think so. Uh, came in, it's basically, he's brought a lot of talent over, uh, brought a lot of his old uh, Bethlehem Steel folks with him, uh, a couple of those players as well. Um, they're a good club. I think Orange County played them really tough, uh, especially early when Haji Berry was kind of doing his thing this in the first well, half of the season. This is well. And uh, and they did a really good job against neutralizing that attack, um, as Orange County did to a lot of clubs, actually. Uh, so it's going to be a pretty fun and opening, uh, good opening matchup for Orange County because I think it uh, positions them to see, does the defense look as good as it did uh, at the end of last season. Uh, so it'll be a good test for them, a good matchup. And uh, I think historically, last year Orange County did a really good job against Colorado Springs. 
Russell, listening to the show right now, wants to talk about the weather in Colorado Springs. Of course, it is um, not quite the middle of March. So, not warm. Surprisingly, not going to be snowing. And uh, as ever, at 6,600 feet, which I think makes it the second highest or maybe highest uh, stadium in the contiguous United States. Contiguous? Contiguous? Actually, I think it's contiguous, right, Alan? Words. Meaning I'm taking the red strongly tonight. Uh, Pop in the comments or send me an email if I'm wrong or right. Who cares? But yeah, um, our producer Andy coming in clutch with the high and low of 52 degrees Fahrenheit uh, in the middle of the day and probably something closer to 30 or 35 um, towards the end of that game. So that'll be quite a surprise for, for some of the players who have certainly enjoyed a rather lovely Southern California February. I'm not going to lie, though. Like 52 degrees, if it's like sunny, is actually kind of pleasant in, in, in Denver. Uh, it's not like bitterly cold at 52. Uh, it's it's crisp, but it's not like unbearable because uh, it feels different at that altitude. I'm sure uh, Brad can speak to that a little bit. Uh, where like 52 in Orange County feels like pretty darn cold. 52 in Denver is like this isn't bad. Yeah, like, no, it it really comes down to uh, how windy is the wind going to be? If uh, it's like really blowing. Uh, you know, probably kickoff will be closer to probably like 45 or something. 45 can feel pretty cold with uh, anything above 10 mile an hour winds. Uh, yeah. Okay. So beyond the weather, um, what what do we see in this game? Besides, I think, a black shirt that we'll talk about later. Um, Haji Berry is the golden boot winner, and he returns to... Uh, Colorado Springs this year after 25 goals last year. Um, just like the playoffs, though, if Orange County can contain him, um, you know, with the defense, it's going to be pretty good. Uh, he's joined this year by uh, Carlton Belmar of uh, formerly Sac Republic. Uh, I think he was somewhere else last year. I don't quite remember where. Maybe he was in Sac still. Um, and then, uh, Macaulay King is the other big name signing that they did over the, uh, off season. I believe he came from, uh, El Paso. So some, some interesting names, uh, definitely a team that has only gotten better over the off season. So, so just keep an eye out for Colorado spring switchbacks this year. Yeah. This is a game. Early. The, yeah. They'll look good. Um, Things kind of went poorly for them last year when Haji Berry stopped scoring. And this year they brought in Carlton Belmar, who is well established and definitely capable of scoring at this level. I imagine it's a similar situation to when we had both Thomas Involton and Michael Seaton playing for us. They could both be hot at the same time, but more than likely one will be hot and the other one will be hot. Hopefully, like the weather, it'll be a little bit cold. And yes, yes, we are still talking about the weather, unfortunately, for this game. Um, but that's the, that's the privilege that we get being here in Orange County. Um, we've got a couple players missing because of injury. Got a couple players who still haven't signed officially or maybe won't be signing. It's, it's unsure as to what's happening at the moment. So this might not be the same look that Orange County had last time out a few months ago. 
of course, uh, no Damas as he's still not in the country, but quite a few players have come in, Brad and Alan in that order. Who is Orange County's key man of this match? Uh, is my answer colored by the person in our green room? Because I would pick Seth Gasipley as a very important human being um, to this team. Uh, and I'm excited to see what he has to bring uh, to this team this year. That's what I would say. There's Just no better. The top of my head. Welcome, Seth Kasipoli, back to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. Can you guys hear me um, okay? Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, we can. Awesome. awesome. Brad, you and Seth go. So far back. Way back, way back. If yeah, way, way uh, back. Yeah. You can see his name somewhere on one of these scarves. Not this. No, not this one because he wasn't here that year. <laughs> oh, I must have been the last one. That's a relic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is, I think, 2018 and 2017 above it. Yeah. Good times, good times. Good times. Yeah. yeah. Care to get us started? <laughs> look a little bit forward into the future. Just a few days. Yeah. Um, are you are you asking me uh, the same question you asked before Seth joined us, or are we moving on to uh, Seth and talking? Oh, let's move on to Seth while we got him. We know he doesn't have that much time before it's bedtime yeah. and time for some training in the morning. Yeah, well, uh, I guess I will start off a question with uh, how's the uh, returning from the injury late last year? Uh, how 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 are you coming back this year, and what are some goals that you have for yourself and the team this year? Um, just kind of moving on beyond that. Cause you kind of lost most of last year due to your injury. Yeah. Uh, last year was really tough. Um, but I mean, it, I still took a lot of positives from it. Um, got to see a different side of the game. Really. It's kind of, it's the first time that I spent a lot of time out, uh, especially with injury. Um, and, uh, and last year, the year was good. Made sure to work hard and, and, uh, Richard was was very kind. He was very transparent, letting me know that he he still saw me as part of the plan so I could make it back and get fit. Uh, so I got some games towards the end of the year, and then then was fortunate to play a part in in the playoff run. So uh, that was really special to me. And um, and then to see the group do well uh, was was just fantastic. It really was. And so this year, uh, I feel good, feel strong, feel fit. Um, the group is looking really good. We're uh, we're definitely working hard and we've got, we've made some really good additions to pretty much every position, you know, uh, defenders, midfielders, forwards. So, uh, so for me personally, I'm, I'm excited, you know, there's going to be a long year. So, so hoping to, to stay healthy and continue to work hard. And then for the group, we, uh, I'm, uh, I'm expecting some more success where we have that in our sights to go back to the playoffs and make a run for it. Um, and, uh, and I think we have the tools. So there, there, sorry. There was a little, little bit of turnover um, on the team. Uh, what's it like to bring some new guys in? Obviously, there's the, the core group that just won the championship. Uh, what, what does this year feel differently going into the, the season with the, bringing some new guys into a like essentially the the champions of USL? Yeah, it, it doesn't feel too different. Um, and that's not a knock to the new guys. We, you know, you, you get used to having new guys into every team. So I don't think that they necessarily are are changing the the atmosphere in the locker room or with the group, but definitely everybody feels 
the uh, I wouldn't say pressure, but the expectation of being champions and understanding that we have a, a reputation now. Uh, if if guys weren't comfortable with playing on teams that had that, you know, that that's what we have now. So uh, we speak about it often that teams are going to come to Orange County expecting to play against the champions, and so we have to earn the right to to step out on the field with them and and represent that. Seth, we have a question from a listener. How do you like your player chant, which I might be partial to, but might be the best one we've ever come up with? <laughs> I like it. I actually like it a lot. Um, you, guys, you guys have been so awesome with those for, for different guys, and uh, I'm happy that I made the list, and um, it couldn't be a more iconic song than YMCA. So it makes me really happy to hear it every time. So thank you, guys. Of course. Um, Seth, you are now playing, not that you weren't playing in a great midfield last year, of course, um, hard to say as the champions that it wasn't a great midfield, but you are now surrounded by guys like Kevin Partita, Tony Rocha, um, Daniel Peterson, who we're obviously not super familiar with, um, and of course, uh, Miko and Tommy. Uh, where, you know, how, how are you going to get minutes in, in this year? Not that you're you know, not the same level as those guys, but... Oh, no, no. Yeah, um, uh, with that kind of with the difficulty of that of wording that question comes the mentality that I have. I think with the group is is I got to make sure that I go into work every day to get better. That's that's the reason why I, I love playing soccer is to go into train and, and hopefully get better at what we do. And um, and so the best that I can help the team, I will. If that is coming off the bench, if that is not in the eighteen, if that's hopefully starting. Uh, just make sure to to do the work that I can do and make the players around me better. So, so where I fit in, uh, I leave that up to Rich. It's really nice that I don't have to think about that. So I just I just get in there and do work and um, and then hope it works out. Fair enough, Alan. Seems like you had another question. Yeah. Um, so working with some of the younger guys in the squad, um, are you giving them both soccer and facial hair? kind of guidance or are we, is there like a separate charge to like get the, uh, the facial hair work going on? The, the, the facial hair can't be taught. Oh no, no, that's a, <laughs> that's a, you learn the hard way mistake, which I've been trying to help Francis with, but he is determined to learn the hard way. Um, no, no, just, just soccer, just soccer for me. And, and sometimes some life stuff, but I try to hold that back cause I'm still learning myself. All right, I I got another one for you. Um, so, which game are you looking forward to traveling to the most this season? Where is the most interesting game for Seth this year? Ooh, I mean, top of the top of my head, I love going to Sacramento. Uh, my family still lives there. Got a bunch of friends, um, so, so it's always special to me to go back and play there. Um, but some of the some of the East Coast games are definitely circled. Um, don't bash me too hard. I don't know them specifically, but uh, I believe I think we play Tampa again this year. Yep, August twenty seventh. So that one, that one circled for sure. Um, Louisville also is going to be is going to be interesting. Um, Mostly, I really going to the East Coast. I think going to that, going to the Eastern Conference teams. I think I didn't get a chance to go to Charleston last year, um, and not just places. The teams really never played in the East, obviously. So, to get a feel for for what that league is like, and and 
just experience a new group <laughs> for the last two years. We've been playing the same teams over and over, it seems. So the West is getting a little boring. Um, and and it'll, it'll be good to, it'll be good to get a full year this year, really get it, all the teams, true competition. Um, I'm excited for, for a lot of them, but yeah, uh, I think Louisville, Tampa and, and Sacramento are the ones that I've got circled. Um, Seth, we, we know, I think hopefully we remember a lot about Seth Kasipoli, the uh, number eight for Orange County. Um, but what, what don't we know about Seth Kasipoli, the person who happens to live in Orange County? Uh, we'll start with last time we had you on the show, you recommended a pretty good place to get some meat down in South County. Um, what's a, what's another local place that you've been enjoying since COVID is not as much of a risk for you guys right now? Uh, uh, I'm actually, I live with Nico now, so he's my roommate and, um, and I agree with him that one of our favorites, our favorite sandwich spots is, uh, Mr. Pickles down by a, a, there's a, there's a car wash that's got a checkered flag. It might even be called checkered flag, uh, on the corners of Lake Forest and, mm, Dang it. Dimension, I think, is the cross streets. But that's it's like you know, we're big sandwich guys, so we love that. And I'm trying to think of, of what else. What else have we been going to a bunch? And there's also there's also an acai bowl uh, place that's up here in Lake Forest called Bolista that's off of Portola that is very good. We've we frequent that, especially once it starts to get warmer. Um, but uh, but trying to cook more at the house this year, trying to trying to get uh, get the knife skills up <laughs> oh um we know they're not entirely necessary especially as a midfielder but try to keep all of your fingers yes yes i did have one mishap last year but none for a while the the whiteboard would say probably like 150 days without a workplace injury there we go that's what we call progress yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we're getting that's good like, it's like growth <laughs> Knives are dangerous. Who'd have thought? Um, Seth, you've obviously you're a Reno alum. We'll go with that loving sounding term, um, despite mm-hmm. the unfortunate says Brad looks sad. Um, Brent is another one, as is Kevin Partita. Um, how how nice is it to have a bunch of former? And of course, there were a couple last year as well. But how nice is it? And um, does it help any? in the preseason, getting the team together? Um, how big of a boost is it to have a bunch of guys you've now played with for two, three years? It's a, it's a big boost. It's a big boost. We, Brent and I were very happy to see Kevin come in. Um, he is, he is quality. He's quality. He's, he's earned the opportunities that he's had in the MLS. And unfortunately he's had some injuries, but, uh, we know that he's going to be really good for this group. And, um, the previous connections do help just helps with locker room banter really just kind of guys coming in and already comfortable. They don't, you know, maybe sometimes some people are a little bit shyer um, and, and take a little bit to open up, but it, it helps to see a couple of guys already talking to them and ask them about their lives. Uh, it'd be, it's, you know, not eavesdropping, but you kind of just, you hear questions being asked about somebody's family or relationships and stuff that you may not have asked Um you know, yourself as as a new guy and then um, you learn more about people and it makes people more comfortable. So it, it's good. Okay. We won't keep you here 
too much long. Brad, did you have a question? Yeah, because I have to ask all my Reno guys. Uh, preferences. If you could live in one place and one place only between Reno and Orange County, which one would you choose? <laughs> Reno. I think everyone Reno. said Reno so far. Yeah. I mean, it's no, it's no knock on Orange County. The beach is awesome and there's so many things to do, but Hey, if you, if you haven't seen the, the, what is that? The ninth wonder of the world, Lake Tahoe, you need to go because it is breathtaking. It is good winter or summer. It really can't it is be great. Good. It is amazing. I'm, I'm, I have nothing, nothing to say to that. I, <laughs> Seth, um, we do have a listener question. Don't give away any trade cool. secrets here. Did we have any word on Brent? Because we do know he was the uh, recipient of a rather heavy challenge this past weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brent's doing good. Brent's doing good. He, he did take a knock. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not qualified to speak on his availability, but he is he's good. I spent all day with him today. Uh, we watched... Uh, we watched the tele or the uh, the recorded version of Hamilton on Disney Plus. It was a good day. <laughs> that is Brent. Brent is doing good. That's that's as much as I can say. See, that is the answer I would hope you give. I knew I would get a ton of hate from people if I didn't ask, and that was that's no no one could have answered that question better. I'm glad to see that you guys <laughs> seem to the recorded version of Hamilton on Disney Plus. <laughs> Um, Seth, we won't keep you longer because we know it is getting pretty late for you guys. Um, anything else you have for the fans of Orange County before we get started this Saturday? Um, just see you guys out there. Really, it's going to be awesome. I, I'm really excited. I think that uh, I think the club is. I think we deserved what we got or what we you know what we that we won last year, and and the club is just super juiced to defend it. We are, we are ready for this year and it's going to be a blast. So stick with us. Sounds great. We look forward to singing some YMCA for you, Seth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. I love doing this. Uh, talk to you guys soon. A pleasure as always. See you soon. Seth Kasipley, number eight midfielder extraordinaire. And hopefully um, with all of his fingers and thumbs throughout the entirety of the 2022 season. Alan. Yeah, please. Uh, although, I guess if you're trying to, like, chop a lot, like, it's it's surprising that we don't, as human beings, like, inflict more damage on ourselves. Like, I... I believe everyone is muted except for me. Yeah, you want to try that one again? Right, <laughs> like auto muted me and I lost sound, so I have to uh, leave and restart. So I will be right back. Great. Well, Brad, it's just going to be you and me because I believe the producer has also stepped away. So this is where things are going to get really, really crazy. Brad, you said you were retired. You said you'd get rambly. Now is the time. Yeah. To- all right. Well, um, shall we move back on to, uh, I guess, uh, our game this upcoming weekend? We have, uh, I mean, we need to make uh, score predictions, and I, I believe we're missing half the uh, crew that makes predictions, so we can make some uh, interesting predictions for them. Um, so, 
I, I guess I'll let you start, Dylan, with your score prediction for this weekend. Okay, and it will be fair to Alan because I know he's in the green room and I saw, I've now seen his updated score prediction. I'm going to go 1-0 Orange County on this one, and I'm not sure that's the right call to make, but I'm feeling some sort of way after that playoff magic last year. And that's your score prediction, not Alan's, right? My score prediction. And then we'll get yours. Then we'll get what we get to choose Ray's because he's not here. Mm-hmm. So, Brad, your score prediction for this one. So, man, I am really nervous to see what a Orange County game without Ronaldo Damas and kind of a, I don't want to say uncertain midfield, but, you know, I, I, I'm very interested in seeing kind of how this team shakes up and, uh, and what our lineup is going to be for this upcoming weekend. Um, knowing as little as I do right now, I'm just going to go ahead and say two to two. I'm going to call it a draw. Um, and I don't think that that's not unreasonable either, um, given that the opponent is good and it's the first matchup of the season. So we'll see. Alan's back. And with such hey, Alan, your score prediction for Saturday's match. I'm going to go a one, one draw. I think, uh, yeah, Colorado Springs is going to be have have some goal scoring threat. Orange County is going to try and figure out that goal scoring threat, uh, and I think they both nip a goal. And I think Orange County would be pretty pretty okay with walking away from Colorado Springs with with a point. Um, not that they're going to settle for a draw, but I think at the end, if you say, "Hey, you're going to go to Colorado Springs, you're going to get a draw," um, I think most teams are all right with that. Win at home, draw on the road, make the playoffs. All right. Uh, before we go to Rays, I am going to call out our uh, listeners, um, which have already flashed. Uh, Mikey says two to one, and El Patron de Grayson says uh, two to two, agreeing with me. Uh, I am writing these down, by the way. So um, keep giving us throughout the season. I know. I'm, I'm going to try my best to uh, keep tallies on everybody, but. Uh, keep giving us your score predictions uh, during the season. If you miss a podcast, just uh, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I mean, it says it right here, my name. So there's okay. no excuse to not making uh, predictions this year, guys. It's going to be a fun competition. So yeah, I'm going to make a I'm going to make a case here for Ray's prediction. Just hear me out. So 14 to eight, Colorado Springs, because. Ray's been married for 14 years, which means they got married in 2008. So this is a nod to Ray and his, and, and his wife's anniversary. And then that way, if Orange County wins, he can be happy. And if they don't, then he got his prediction right, so he can also be a little bit happy. So really, we're just trying to make Ray happy here. Beautiful. While also cool. shouting out his wife. Very poetic. No, Very I love poetic. it. And, and let's be honest, this is this is a prediction that Ray would make, but with Orange County scoring eight goals and uh, Colorado Springs scoring more than five. You know, he, he loves the spirit of the competition. Exactly. So 14 to eight, Colorado Springs is Ray. And that is why, my friends, you don't get married, because then you're <laughs> cause you to miss the podcast. Lesson learned, Ray. Lesson learned. There is one one listener of our show right now whose prediction I would love to hear. He's actually going to be there on Saturday. This is my, my plea to him, Russ. One, enjoy the game. 
two, wear a jacket, and three, please give us your score prediction before we move on. Because I know, I know he wants to, and I know I'm going to get some uh, some stern messages if I don't allow him to share his. He's typing too slowly. The the time ticks on, and to avoid any dead space, the time ticks on, and now it's time to talk about some black alternate kits. I believe they're going to be the way kits, from what I read on the uh, on the on the website today. But who knows? Um, Alan had a prediction a while ago. Oh, Russ says three one Orange County win. Thank you, Parker. Um, Alan had a prediction. These jerseys look uh, very, very familiar to a certain other Southern California team that happened to previously wear Adidas with some changes, notably a star. Alan, since you have so much ex- expertise with these jerseys, would you take this away? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I saw the preview and it was like, oh, this is the the basically the black version of the orange and blue kits from last season. And I sent a scribbled out um, picture of San Diego's Black Lives Matter kit. Uh, I did include the star, though. To be fair, I did include the star, as he did. Orange County has very deserved as a giant star. Like I think my star is bigger than the one on the kit. Uh, they're comfortable. They, I mean, they look they look nice. Like they're a, a good kit. They're not plain black. They do have texture, which is nice which is why the orange ones look good, which is why the blue ones look good. Um, yeah, I I also agree with Mikey. Black is slimming, so I love a black kit. Um, it really um, hides my uh, plumpish figure. Um, so I do appreciate the darker colors. Uh, I resisted the urge to tweet out about it because, you know, it's it's a kit, like, Adidas is what Adidas is going to be for um, for USL clubs. You're not going to get like super <laughs> custom kits. Bless you. Uh, you're not going to get <laughs> um, you're not going to get the special design. You're going to get what you're going to get. And you know, I think this was was the issue last year with the kits uh, as well, which is why they went with that kind of just standard Adidas. It looks nice. It's going to look nice on the pitch. Um, it's nice to see kind of black coming back with Orange County. I know that was kind of an iconic color for them for a while. So I like seeing them in black. I think I recognize them uh, the most with a black kit. Um, I'm glad they're keeping the blue. I think it's a nice little nod to history and connection to Scotland. But the black ones are pretty good. They're fine. Yeah, I know Brad doesn't feel super positively about these, but it's a clean kit. The orange and the blue both looked amazing. That blue will forever be an incredibly special part of the club history, both because wore blue for quite a while and um well it was the color the first time we lifted a cup so that was a pretty good one this is a nice little uh nice little update there nice little return to the black it's clean it's what you want and perhaps most importantly it's got a star above the crest brad why don't you uh you just wipe your disgusted face all over it now no, so uh, first, let me just apologize. So I do use this little thing to mute myself. Uh, it has a little switch on the side here. I went and tried doing it on this side, which is why my sneeze wasn't muted. Um, it did sneak up on me a little. Uh, so I do apologize for the sneeze. Uh, you know, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
making your ears suffer from that. Uh, but my opinion on the jerseys, I don't hate them. Like, let me get that out of the way. I don't hate the jerseys. I think I th- I really like the design. My qualm with it is it's identical to last year's uh, orange and blues, but in black instead. And I feel like I feel like the team could have done better. So I don't know. I I really liked last year's black kits um, with the little honeycomb on the shoulders, and I wish we would have used those more often. Uh, so moving on to a new black kit, you know, kind of feels a little odd for me. So so again, I like the kit, but I just I just. I'll have to see what the orange kit looks like this year. I'm excited to to see that. I have no idea, no expectations, no idea when it's going to be released, but excited for that one. So I'll hold judgment on the kits as a whole for this year. Fair enough. We, I'm sure we'll get to talk about it next week on the show. And other kit news around the league as we segue into random soccer stuff and random nonsense, as we love to do on the show. Um, the Oakland Roots will be wearing black this year and it's just plain black and kind of boring um red bulls too have a pretty cool looking kit uh if you miss the charleston battery kit made by oh home. i love those charleston battery kits black and yellow stripes with some red um trim it's, it's really good stuff um phoenix no longer gonna wear white they are black and red exclusively probably gonna get some hate for mentioning that team but oh wow and um yeah, the only thing more disappointing than Memphis's kits this year is that ours cost $90. And I think I said this last year, but truly, I don't know what club was the first club to decide that a template kit was worth $90. Um, but they got away with it, and everyone has followed suit. The uh, the Phoenix kits are 110 Ooh, These come with a name on the back. I don't believe so. They might, but still, 110. Oof. Yeah, that's that is a and, pretty penny. I, and you know, everyone's talking about inflation and gas is almost six dollars a gallon. How about we start with um, kits being not this insane? Because that's that's where our society is heading, and this is the downfall of our society: is uh, three-digit figures for kits that don't have names on the back. Um, this has been my soapbox, but I should not be able to order a kit from a different country and have it shipped here as opposed to just driving 20 minutes to go buy my local team's kit. The, the one, the one Oakland thing I'd liked is they're going away from the mosaic on the numbers and just doing like silver. So it's like way easier to read who is who. Uh, it looked good up close, but far away, those numbers were impossible to read. I wonder if they got like, Hey, Oakland, uh, we need solid color numbers, please. And that's why they went with that. Uh, Las Vegas's kits got accidentally dropped, uh, which was nice. Uh, they looked like they looked pretty good, um, but they got um, they got leaked by the shirt sponsor. Um, yeah, SAFC's black on black on black on black. Um, yeah, probably not usable in a real game, um, but I, I would understand why fashion people might enjoy. Like people are going to wear kits that aren't going to play in them. If that makes sense, like soccer fashion. Uh, I can see why black on black would be an attractive look. 
Um, yeah, there's some pretty fun kits out there, and there's some pretty not so fun kits out there. Knowing our money will fall somewhere in the middle, and that's that's a okay. As yeah. long as the results on the field are looking good, we can wear some pretty awful kits. And if things start getting really bad, then we'll have to wear something cool. That's you can wear a black T-shirt and it has a star above the crest, like you know what I mean. Like in our shop, and uh, <laughs> you can save yourself a few dollars. Um, gentlemen, as we near the hour mark, it is time for the weekly random soccer news. Anything? Yeah, so I have one thing. Um, so given that I'm super excited for the uh, interconference play, I keep bringing it up. I've made a spreadsheet, and I've spent a lot of time updating it recently. Um I would like to inform you this week's inaugural East First West of the 2022 season matchup, and that is San Antonio FC hosting the newly initiated into the league Detroit City FC. So that'll be your first and uh, only this weekend uh, interconference play, and I will be doing my best. I have a spreadsheet. I'll share it with everybody on Reddit and whatnot. Um, keep your eyes out. There is a lot of interconference matchups this season. A lot. Alan? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into what happened south of the border. I think there are people who are much more eloquent and much more connected to that community to comment on it. I will just say, like, pay attention to your sources and follow the good ones and... Um, Realize that reporting from Mexico is difficult because being a journalist in Mexico is not always easy. Um, other random soccer news. Hey, U.S. Open Cup is like actually going to happen. I, I have a ticket to a U.S. Open Cup game, and I am stoked that it is finally coming back. Um, yes, I get to watch a soccer match at a high school stadium, but I am excited that that tournament is just around the corner. Mm, let me echo that excitement because while we might have a star above the crest, nothing would make me happier than a really, really deep open cup run this year because we have nothing to prove in the league. Uh, we've won a, a Western Conference title and we've won a cup in the playoffs. So, it, uh, you know, why not do the first USL Open Cup victory in 20-something years? It's, that sounds That sounds like fun to me. Um, and now onto everyone's favorite with 60 seconds to spare random thoughts forgot that second word, Brad, your random thought for tonight's podcast. And Brad at the death has pulled a Brad and has left himself muted. Now you can I don't have a random thought. I was I was trying to be cute and say, welcome to the 2022 USL season. Um, real random thought. It's It's been a crazy week so far. So, you know, just mental health is important and just do your best to, to make sure to check in on yourself and, and check in on others and just have a good one. Uh, my random thought is Deep Cup Run was the name of my band in high school. Is that actually true? I like that 16-year-old Alan was as much of a soccer and music nerd as he is today. 
just with less of a beard. I was I was definitely very nerdy back then, so pretty gosh darn nerdy. Nothing's changed. Um, my random thought, kind of to echo Brad, be be a good person. Um, doesn't take much to not wake up and and go on Twitter or Facebook or Reddit or whatever social media you prefer and not be a jerk to someone for no reason. This is always good practical advice. And uh, as kits reach the three-digit mark for no names on the back and gas reaches $6 and all that other fun stuff we get to deal with right now, piling on someone for absolutely no reason on the internet or in real life. I don't know, man. Just avoid it. We got a star on our crest. We live in a really beautiful place. Life's pretty dang good. You should just enjoy it. Well, that's a bunch of dead air. So um, at 61 minutes and five seconds for Brad, for a Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines, for the absent Ray, for our producer Andy, this has been the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Oh!